Glad you're here. If you've been in the woods deer hunting, glad you came in. I can tell whether you got one or not by how grumpy these guys are. I got this deer hunting thing whipped, let me tell you. I don't have to sit in a deer stand. I don't have to sit next to a tree. I don't have to be cold. Last night, my brother called me. It was 16 degrees and a wind chill of about 5 or something. And I was sitting next to my fire and he said, hey, I got a big buck. Come help me. And he got a nine-pointer last night. So I got all the fun of going out, getting it, getting it in. I, he wouldn't let me take pictures with it, but um, I'll, get the, I'll get the jerky and the hamburger from it and all that stuff from it and don't have to sit in a tree stand once. So I got it whipped, let me tell you. But big old body deer last night. And um, just I uh, hope you guys that are in the woods get one soon. But I can see that you're grumpy, so that means you're not all getting them. Glad you're here. We got lots of things going on, um, and uh, if you're visiting with us, you may notice that um, that we've just we do a lot of things together. We care a lot about our lives, about each other's lives, and um, what we really do around here is life together, and that's what we believe God wants us to do. And so we got things hanging on Christmas trees, and we got water bottles, and we got all different kinds of opportunities for us to get together and do life together. And um, if you're visiting with us, that might be what you take away from this today: is that you don't have to do life alone, um, that God intends for us to do life together, and so we're having fun doing that here, and we're having fun getting stronger and, and uh, digging a little deeper into what God wants for us. And before we get started today, what I want to do is what we do every week, um, in fact, sometimes this is more for me than it is for you, but just a quick deep breath before we get started. Lots of things going on, um, just, gosh, in this section alone, I got ultrasound pictures this morning and retirement announcements and all kinds of different things going on just in this side this morning. Um, and um, I, I just, there's just so much stuff going on amongst us. Good things, some rough things, um, some hard times too. And if we're not careful, we just kind of get clouded with all of those things and we forget to see the big picture. So this is a great opportunity. If you're visiting with us or if you, you've come in and you've got kind of this cloud over your life, maybe you've got an argument with a family member, You've got um, financial issues, you've got bill collectors probably ringing your phone as we go through the church service this morning. Um, whatever it is this morning, this is an opportunity right here, right now, to get your priorities right. And the truth is, even if, if you're here today and you don't believe in God, you're not sure you're, you're, you're kind of kicking the tires on this whole thing, this is a great opportunity for you to just get what's first first. And if God's not first in your life, then, and you're not sure you believe all that stuff, that's okay. We believe that, um, that we need to give you space to kick the tires, but the truth is, um, what he wants from you today is to just to get a kind of a deep breath and a, and a fresh perspective. So we're going to do that today, and I'm going to jump right into our sermon, but before we do that, just give you a, a time to get quiet, um, and I still get a lot of comments that this is the most quiet time that we get during the week is this 30 seconds before I preach. So I'm going to give it to you today. Um, and if you're listening online, we've got about, oh, somewhere between 500 and 1,000 people listening every week online. If you're listening online, it's a great opportunity for you to kind of close your eyes unless you're driving. Um, <laughs> close your eyes and uh, just get a deep breath. So let's do that together.
God, we give you thanks for the way that you take care of us. Even when we don't believe. We're not sure that we get it, even though we're far from you. You have made it known that you are near. That you know how many hairs we have on our heads. God, would you give us some peace today? Give us the peace that comes from knowing that we're not in charge, knowing that you are. But also, God, the peace that comes from putting things in the right order in our lives. If we've got out of order this week, and I know I have, would you help us leave this place with the right things in the right place? And with that perspective, we'll we'll just be stronger. God, for those of us who are kicking the tires on trying to decide whether or not you're real, um, there are probably more of us in here that are in that category than we will let on. This morning, God, would you give us a deep breath? And give those who are not sure just a deep breath this morning. And God, those who are trying to get better, those who are trying to live closer to what you want us to, would you, would you give us new energy for it today? To be all in. We thank you for the way you watch us, the way you participate in our lives, and the way that you lead us. Pray that you would do just that now in your son's name. Amen. So I was at, uh, this week I was at Bob Evans. My mom and dad called me, and I'd already eaten lunch, but you don't pass up a free meal, you know. Mom and dad were at Bob Evans, and that's where they eat. I don't particularly love Bob Evans, um, and I had already eaten, but hey, it's free. So I went over and met him, and um, we just sat for a little bit and talked, and I was drinking a cup of coffee, and I hear, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation before, but we're sitting at this table, like around the back, and I hear somebody yell, does anybody know the Heimlich Maneuver? And truth is, I've done it before, and successfully once, I, but the last time I did it, it was for my mom, and it didn't work, and ended up, everything ended up okay, but the paramedics came, and it was a really scary time, and it just gave me this hesitancy, you know? So I, I heard a waitress say, does anybody know the Heimlich? And my first inclination was to hide. <laughs> you know, have you been there? My first thought was, I sure hope somebody knows the Heimlich. I sure hope that somebody steps forward. I hope that somebody in this space has more guts than I do. I sat back in my seat and contemplated hiding under the table. When the waitress came around the corner, the guy in the, in the seat across from me, who I hadn't even noticed was there, stood up. His first inclination was not his heels. It was his toes. He was running. And he ran to the other side of Bob Evans, and by the time he got there, everything was fine, and the, the person who had, was choking had gotten air. And when he came back, came around the corner, I thought, man, I want to be that. I want to go there and not hiding, you know? I'm tired of living my life defensively. I'm tired of waiting for somebody else to do something. And there are so many of us right now in our lives, whether it's physically, spiritually, financially, emotionally or relationally, we're waiting for somebody to do something. We're sitting back going, man, I sure hope somebody can fix my marriage. I sure hope somebody does something about my money problems. I sure hope somebody does something about the government. I sure hope this, I sure hope that. And we sit back, many of us, even kind of sliding under the table, hoping somebody does something. Around here, 
2014 is about stepping up. It's about stepping up and being that somebody in all of those categories, all of those areas in your life. You won't believe what happens when you do this. I'm going to try it too. I'm not sure if it'll make me more comfortable doing the Heimlich Maneuver on somebody I've never met. But I can tell you that in my own life, I'm going to work really hard in 2014 at being proactive, at being offensive. Not offensive, but offensive. I don't have to work at being offensive. But you saw this picture last week I showed you. I believe that a lot of us are living defensively in our lives. The prevent defense, in fact, where, where you're, you get back on your heels, and you'll hear, um, you'll hear commentators during the NFL football games today say that. Well, the defense is on their heels, and what that means is people are coming at them, and they're not being aggressive. They're, they're waiting for something to happen, and you know what happens when you're on your heels is you get run over. And many of you right now today, as I speak, are getting run over by something. I, I want you to know that it's not the way God intended for you for, to live your life. He intends for you to live your life on your toes, aggressive, pushing through the things in your life, getting over the things in your life, getting past them, using His provision, using His time, His energy, the things that He provides to get to the next step in your life. Some of you have done that in this space, and it has been revolutionary. It has been amazing. It's been inspiring the way that's happened in this place. And we have decided this year that we're doing a whole new effort. I've got two friends that I want to tell you about today. Um, one, of their, one of their names is Adam and one of them is Justin. And they will be here in January to launch our program for 2014, which is called Stronger. And if you're visiting with us, I want to tell you about what Stronger is. Stronger is five areas of our life. I just mentioned them. Physically, spiritually, relationally, financially, and emotionally. Five areas in 2014 that we're going to get stronger in. And we're not only just going to talk about it, we're going to give practical things to measure it and to do to get stronger in those five areas. In fact, we're developing a website that, that you'll be able to, if you've got a mobile phone, you'll be able to access it as an app on your mobile phone. Um, you'll also be able to go out to the website if you just got internet connection. We're going to have computers here ready for you to connect when you're here to get things in all five of those ways to give you practical ways of growing in those five ways. This is the single most exciting discipleship thing I've ever been a part of, truthfully. I've never seen something that I'm so excited about actually getting feet on the ground and making a change in the way we live. It's going to do things physically, like we're going to have, um, we're going to be, you're going to be able to track calories and track your daily activities and do some things with nutrition and those kinds of things. You're going to be able to, every day you've got, we're writing these things, it's incredible how long it's taking, but 365 for 2014 thoughts for you when you wake up in the morning will populate, populate this app for you to live your life and to give you a devotion specifically written for new life and for the, what, what we're doing and for our sermon series and all that. We've got some amazing things called um, faith builders. My dad, who is a science teacher, has come up with all these ideas, these really scientifically way over my head concepts about God and how He has created the universe that builds my faith when He explains it to me like I'm a fifth grader because I can't understand it unless He gets it down. So I asked him, hey, would you take this and write it for a fifth grader? Would you, would you take this concept and write one for a fifth grader? And he has 52 of those, one for every week of the year. And it's going to go right to you, and you're going to see it. We've got um, Abigail Farman, who um, sits back here usually. Her mom was married yesterday. They're pretty busy today, I think. They've got just exa- they're going to be taking naps all day. But she's an artist, and she is going to create this little piece of artwork that deals with that faith builder every week. And so you're going to be able to, to see it and be reminded of God and His his faithfulness and the way he's created the world. We've got one thing after another, I can go on and on, about 
practical ways that we're going to get stronger in 2014. But before we get there, I'm going to preach one sermon after another to get us changing our minds about the way we live our lives. Because I believe what God wants for you is not to show up on church on Sundays. It's the last time you heard a preacher say that. I don't don't believe that what God wants for you is to sit in a pew. I don't think there's any more benefit of you sitting in the pew than there is you sitting in a deer stand. Truthfully. Unless you're going to listen to what he says and act on it. So what 2014 is, is not just about this program that we're launching. It's about physically changing the way you live your life. It's about doing life the way God intended for you to do life. Now, I'm sitting here today, many of you are looking back at me like, oh, here comes a year-long sermon series. <laughs> I, see, I know what you mean. I know what you're thinking. But what I'm going to ask you to do is not be on your heels in 2014. I'm going to ask you starting today to, to sit forward, to be ready to move forward, to make significant changes. What, what would your life look like if you were aggressively attacking the things in your life that are far from God? Instead of just accepting them as, well, that, I, I'm just an addict. I'm just an alcoholic. I'm just a womanizer. Well, my dad beat his kids and I abused mine. If you, if you stop those things and you aggressively take on the challenge of being stronger. We're going to do it this year. Because here's what I've seen, and I've seen it in so many people, that I'm getting a point in my life where I just got to point it out. Rick Finney has said a couple times that there's something's happened to me in my preaching in the last year. And I, I didn't know what he meant until I listened to a sermon. I was just going back through, and I listened to a sermon that I preached about five years ago. And it was full of stuff like, hey, you guys... Um, I love you, and I, here's an idea that you might want to look at in your life because, you know, things aren't quite right, and I'm, I can hear myself kind of just kind of kicking and, and him hauling around, and then I listened to the sermon I preached about two weeks ago, and it was like, you, and you, and you, it was, I felt like Oprah, you get a new car, and you get a I mean, I was just yelling and yelling and yelling, and, and there, there's truth is, someone's growing in me. I have a growing intensity for this. Partially because I'm getting older and my time's growing less all the time. But also it's because of this. Next slide, check this out. I believe, and I've seen it over in my life, over and over and over again, that there is a tipping point in life. When it comes to the things that, um, that we, uh, the pain and the, the, the mistakes and the weak places in our life, there is a tipping point. And what happens when that tipping point kind of finally gets there is things get so bad in your marriage or things get so bad with your addiction finally, or things get so bad with that weakness financially that you don't have a choice but to make a change. You know what I'm saying? It might end in prison. It might end in a terrible divorce. It might end in a complete alienation of everyone in your family. It might end in a way that you would have never dreamed it would end. I can't tell you how many friends of mine in the past five years of my life have started sentences with, I would have never dreamed I would be here. Part of what this sermon series is, is to say, don't wait for the tipping point. Don't wait until the pain in your life gets so bad that you don't have a choice but to change. Because at that point, there are irrevocable changes in your life coming. There, are, there is pain and a messes in your life that you may have to live with the rest of your life. So what we're doing is preventative. We're trying to get in and say, make these changes before the tipping point. Philippians says this, I press on, instead of defense, instead of being on my heels, I press on to the end. 
and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. You know what the heavenly prize is? The idea of heavenly prize? It's not, he- not just heaven itself. It's peace. That, that heavenly prize is, the writer's referring to this, this peace that you can have when you pursue it. So I'm going to give you some real practical things today, and I'm just going to jump right into it. Because here's what I believe. God wants you to be all in. And here's the problem with, with if you're not. It's, it, it leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth. In fact, Jesus says it that way. Revelation, J- Jesus says this, I know your deeds, that you're neither hot nor cold. You know what he didn't say? I know your faith, that you're either hot nor cold. I know your, he didn't say this, I know your church attendance, <laughs> that you're either hot nor cold. You either come to church or you don't. He says, I know your deeds. I know the way you live your life, which is the proof of who you are. I know your deeds that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Now, the way Jesus taught was he would have had a whole bunch of people around him and he probably had something lukewarm that people were going, oh, please don't, please don't drink that. Or please don't eat that. Because that's the way Jesus taught. He had this physical thing and I would love to have brought a warm, nasty, lukewarm glass of milk this morning. Maybe had somebody else drink a drink of it, but... But that's the feeling. You know, this happened with my kids when I was growing up, all, when they were growing up all the time. I think they figured it out now. But they would get a, a glass of milk in the morning, or a, like a, a, you know, just a little sippy cup full of juice or milk, or mostly milk, chocolate milk. And they would drink it in the morning and leave about this much in the bottom. And you know where I'm going with this if you're a parent. About 2 o'clock in the afternoon, the cup was still sitting there and they would reach for it. Before you could get it, they would have a big old drink of this sitting there kind of crusty, yeah, it makes your stomach turn a little bit. Now you know what God feels like. This is what he says. You might as well be drinking a warm, tepid glass of rotten, crusty chocolate milk if you're pretending to be something you're not. If you're living with one foot in, the, in a relationship with God, one foot in faith, and I want God in my life, and the other foot in, you know what, I'm going to do life myself. I'm going to kind of just do my own thing, and when it's convenient, I'll pull God out of my pocket like a Swiss Army knife. Which tool do I need today? Oh, I want the God faith thing, I, because my grandma's sick. So, God, I have faith in you today. Here's my Swiss Army knife, and then the next day you go, I want the peace part of the Swiss Army knife. God, here it is. And then you put it back in your pocket on Friday night when somebody calls and you want to do whatever you want to do. God says, it's like a warm, nasty, rotten glass of chocolate milk to me. And I don't want anything to do with it. I spit it out of my mouth. Here's what happens when we kind of ride the fence with God. When, we, when we're lukewarm. We get the wrong idea about who God is. And I see this happen all the time. People come into our building and I go back in the corner and pray with them and, and they say things like, I just feel like God's mad at me. I just feel like God is punishing me. I feel like my life is so bad that God is punishing me or God is mad at me. And we begin to realize then that, that they're, they're lukewarm. They, they just pull God out when they need Him. They have, a, like, have Him in a box and they want to open the box and say, go get Him, God! You know, and then put God back in the box when they don't want Him. And they've got the wrong impression about who God is. Because here's what you need to know today. If this is the way you're living your life, if I said that and you kind of squirmed down in your seat and went, oh my goodness, He saw my calendar this week. I, I want you to know it happens to a lot of us and it gives us the wrong impression about who God is. God will not and cannot be put in a box. He will not. 
And not only will He not, but when you try to, you are going against the grain of the Creator of the universe. You ever tried to take a, a, a big old fat piece of log that's been cut and split it with an axe, but turn it on its side and split it, try to split it against the grain? It ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And I want you to know that if today you are lukewarm, if today you're trying to live one foot in God and one foot out of God, and you are constantly hitting your head against things in your life, no wonder you're living life against the grain. You get the wrong idea about who God is when you're lukewarm. When you're lukewarm or you're riding on the fence, you also give others the wrong idea about who God is. When you walk into this building and when you come out with a, with a, a new life bulletin, this happened to me not that long ago. I was uh, at, at our, I shouldn't point, the gas station. Is it that way? Oh, yes, I'm getting better. I just think of what I, wherever, whichever direction I think it is and I point the opposite direction. <laughs> Um, I was at the gas station, and Risha and I had so little gas, we couldn't make it back to Bloomington, and I pulled up there, and I opened the door, and I hear language, I mean language, language, just crazy, and it doesn't usually offend me, but it was like Jesus and God, and every, I mean, it was like, let's see how many awful things I can say, and I opened up the door, and, and I, I kind of just kind of turned around, and my prayer was, please don't help let it be somebody from church, please don't let it be somebody, please don't let it be somebody from church, and I, I put the thing in my gas tank and I turned around and it was and there was this look of like oh my and you know what the thought was and you know what they were thinking busted (laughs) you know what I was thinking I got more preaching to do this is not it's not taken it's not happened and I don't mean because you're cussing that's not what I mean I mean, because if you get the impression that you can live one foot in the world and one foot in, in God, you, you're missing out. You're missing out on what God has for you. If you get the impression that what God wants from you is to show up, pull your truck into this parking lot, and sit here long enough to put in your dues, you've missed out. It was not a truck. And they're not here today, don't worry. When you go all in with God, instead of riding the fence with God, you get a perspective on your life. You get a brand new perspective on your life. If you're dealing with anxiety or depression today, if you're dealing with um, even some real physical illness in your life, if you're dealing with some financial pressures, if you're dealing with relationship issues in your life, if you're dealing with these things that you feel like are just totally overcoming your life. I've dealt with enough anxiety in my life that I know that when, you're, when, when it's bad, when it's really bad, you get, have these bad moments, it's like there's this cloud over your eyes and over your life and over your brain and nobody can talk to you and you can't look outside of it. It's just like you, you're just, everything is consumed with you. And when that happens, when that happens to you, you completely lose perspective on life. When you go, God, I'm all in. When you go, God, whatever it takes, at all costs, I'm not just going to listen. I'm not just going to sit here and put in my dues at church. I'm not just going to pray before the kids go to bed and now I lay me down to sleep kinds of prayers. And, and, and I'm not just going to fake this thing. I'm going to be all in at all costs. Your perspective changes. I have a friend who um, is, I just can't imagine this, but um, a good friend I went to college with that um, was an athlete, really good basketball player, and I just saw on Facebook, uh, he and his wife um, had two babies last year that died in a car accident. And it, I didn't know any of this. And it was all, and I, I didn't know him really well, but I remember he's a great athlete, really, 
really strong Christian kid and, and was in ministry in a very rich neighborhood near Chicago and just kind of the guy who has it all sort of a thing, you know. And they lost these two babies in a car accident and um, came home, spent about six months off from the church. And when they got back, they resigned from the church and sold all of their stuff and bought a one-way ticket to Zimbabwe, Africa to do missions the rest of their life. And I saw, and I wish I knew him better. I don't really know him well enough to, you know, communicate that much. But, you know, I do what we all do on Facebook, and I looked at what everybody else was saying and went down and saw the way that they were talking to people, and people would say, I'm so sorry about your life. And Jim sent back, this is the best, most wonderful decision I've ever made in my life. I understand what's important. I get perspective. I get what's important to God. I have never felt better about the decisions in my life. You look at that, and, and you know, I kept seeing comments, and a lot of the people I could see weren't Christians. I could just tell by the way they were writing. You, know, you can kind of tell. And people say things instead of like, we'll be praying for you. They say things like, my thoughts are with you. Or, you know, my, I, I will tell my astrologist about this and hope something good happens. Or, you know, you, get, you kind of see these anti-God kind of posts, and he keeps saying back to them, please don't wait. Please don't wait to get perspective. Please don't wait. He keeps writing every time he sees something like that. Please do it today. Please do find God today. Please go all in now. Now going all in for you may not and probably doesn't mean going to Zimbabwe, Africa. It might. That'd be cool. It might not. But I want you to know when you do, when you're ready for that, be ready for an all-out perspective change on your life. Because here's what happens. When you get that perspective on your life, it changes everybody else too. You've been around people who have this perspective, haven't you? Have you been around somebody who you're just like, man, I wish I could live my life like that. I wish I could be in a place where I, I, all I think about, all I want is what God wants. It changes who you are. And when you do that, you, when you get perspective, when you go all in, you build your life on something strong. Those of you who've got babies in your belly. And those of you who've got little ones, a lot of you can't even be in the room because they're making so much noise, but um, those of you who've got little ones on laps right now, if you've been asleep, wake up right now. <laughs> because you can't do anything better for those kids in your life than what Jesus says in this next piece of Scripture. Here's what He says. Anyone who hears these words of mine, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Every time I see a little um, ultrasound image like I saw this morning, I just think my first inclination is, Build your house on a rock because the rain's coming. The storm is coming. It's not if, it's when. Jesus says, in this life you will have trouble. The storm is coming. Don't be surprised by it. And what I mean by being surprised by it is building your life and your house on sand. If you're not all in with God, Jesus says, if all you're doing is listening, if you're faking this thing, if you've got one foot in and one foot out, you're building your life on sand. And the house might look pretty good for a while. 
You might go along pretty good. You can, you know, you can inspire yourself with Christian signs and you know, neat little things on Facebook and you can say the right thing and, and even be inspired in the right way with a Hallmark movie and kind of cry a little bit. But then when the storms come, when things get really awful, when things get the worst in your life, the only hope for you is to have a foundation built on rock. If that, if you don't hear anything else I say today, that is the reason to get stronger. You don't get stronger by building the house from the top down. You get stronger by building the home from the bottom up, from the rock. And that's what Jesus says you've got to do because the rains are coming. Check this out. James says this, Do not merely listen to the Word, sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? And so deceive yourself. See, that's the biggest problem. And that's why I said you're almost better off if all you're doing is coming to church and listening. Or if you're listening to my sermons online and kind of checking it off, I've done my God part of my life this week. You're better off not listening. You're better off not being in church if all you're doing is listening and you're not applying it. That's how serious this is. That's why I'm preaching this sermon series. James says, don't merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. You know what he means by deceive yourselves is that you think you have it. You think you have the peace. You think you have the hope. You think you have the joy. And when times get hard, it's not there. And you have deceived yourself to a point where you are worshiping the wrong God. It's not even who God is, and you don't even know where to go anymore. You've deceived yourself. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. That'd be stupid, wouldn't it? That's what James says. Hearing is easy. Doing is the key. It should change who we are. It should change what we do on a regular basis. That's why this Stronger series that we're starting the first of the year, we're going to ask you, if you're already starting to think of your New Year's resolution and you're, you're a member here, you're, you're a regular visitor here, we're going to ask you not to make a New Year's resolution this year. They don't work. Whatever New Year's resolution you're planning to make in January, you messed up last year. New Year's resolutions don't work. So we're going to ask you not to make a New Year's resolution in January this year. We're going to ask you to hold off on that. And make those changes as part of a plan called Stronger for 2014. That is the entire year of building new habits. Not just losing weight, not quitting smoking, not just getting rid of the old habits, but building new habits in the way that we live our life. That's the key and the point. It's going to change what we do on a regular basis every day. And here's what we do. Check this out. This is interesting. I think this is really interesting. Check this out. Average Americans, now you may disagree with this. Maybe you're not average. Average Americans spend five hours a day on, on uh, the internet in some way, either online or on their phone. Some of you spend that much on Facebook alone. Five hours a day. I would not have dreamed that. And when I heard it, I thought, well, I certainly don't. And then I started calculating. No, I'm right. I don't. Somewhere around seven for me, I spend online. Now, a lot of that is at work or it's you know, searching for something or whatever, but because I work online a lot. But I spend a ridiculous amount of my life online. Most of it, I mean, I would say maybe half of it for work, but honestly, if I'm going to be completely honest, maybe a little more than half on Facebook or doing stupid things that I'm just kind of gossiping in my own brain, looking at who's this person and, oh, who, you know, he's gained a lot of weight since high school. That's the way I spend my life. TV, four and a half hours a day. 
the average American spends watching TV. Now, some of you are going, well, I certainly don't. You might be surprised. And if you're not, your neighbor's bringing up the average, okay? <laughs> Incredible. Four and a half hours. Radio, hour and a half. I don't know who listens to the radio anymore. Print, only a half hour a day of reading a paper. I don't remember the last time I read the paper. I, obviously, I spent all my time online. And 20 minutes doing other, and I'm not sure what other is. But that adds up to 12 hours of day in media. And in, 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 I'm not saying that we need to completely have a fast from the internet and the TV. But you can find some time in your life to be stronger. And that is the first part of building your house on a rock. It's saying, I, and I hear it all the time, I don't have time to do a devotional time. I don't have time to get closer to God. I don't have time to do this. Yes, you do. You absolutely do for the things that are most priority in your life. And we're going to do it together in 2014. We're going to build this time into our life. Check this out. Because the next part of that James chapter says this, whoever looks int intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. You ever feel just like you're in handcuffs in your life? I've felt this at so many times in my life where I look, especially when I look at my finances and all the debt I've got, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm like in handcuffs. I can't do what I want to do. I can't give what I want to give. When I see something, I'll, I'll be real honest with you, when I see something like what Rick showed today, the water bottle thing, I, there is this constant tug in my heart that goes, I would love to give half of my money. My wife just had a heart attack. I'd love to give half of my money to water. But I can't. Because I'm handcuffed by my own stupid debt, by my own bad habits, I'm handcuffed. Many of us are handcuffed physically. Wouldn't you love to play with your grandkids, like on the floor or football in the yard? But you've handcuffed yourself with too many donuts, not enough exercise. You've handcuffed yourself. I'm telling you, we are going to get freedom. Absolute freedom when we follow the habits that God intends for us. It continues, he, whoever looks intently into the perfect law gives freedom, and he who continues in it. This is not about making a New Year's resolution that lasts for a month. This is about changing the way we live our lives. They will be blessed in what they do. Okay, I'm almost done. I want to read you a piece of, um, from a, a man named Henry Nowen. And, or, we say it Henry. His name in his language is Henri. Henri Nowen. Um, he is uh, an amazing man. He's a priest, Catholic priest, who one of the most faithful, loving individuals I've ever read. Wrote an entire series of books. Some of it's really hard to understand, but you should go out and check it out. An incredible guy. And he says this, you don't think, you don't think your way into a new kind of living. You don't sit here in the pew and go, boy, am I going to change the way I live. You don't do it. You live your way into a new kind of thinking. That's the way we're going to change what we do around here. We're going to change the way we live so that we begin to think differently. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, and relationally. And band, you guys can come up. I want to give you some rubber meets the road kinds of things that you can start on right now. Stop living defensively in your life. Man, I, that moment at Bob Evans for me was a sort of a microcosm of the way I feel sometimes. You know, I'm just trying to survive. I almost felt like at Bob Evans, hey, I'm lucky I'm not choking myself, you know, right now. I'm going to concentrate on my own breathing. 
You felt that way before? It's not the way God intended for you to live your life. It, you're, God intended for your heart to be broken when you see there are people around the world that don't have clean water. God intended for your heart to break when His heart breaks. And when it doesn't, something gets broken in your life. Something gets messed up. You get on the wrong track. You get the wrong grain. And there is nothing better than when you start to get it. What I believe is that in sometime in 2014 is what I'm praying hard for. I don't know when it's going to happen. But at some time, we're all going to start to get it. When our habits change, when you go, you know what, my battle's not against cigarettes. It's not about me quitting cigarettes. You know what, it's not about my cussing. It's not about my gossiping. It's not about these bad habits. It's about filling my life with good habits. And then there's no room for the bad stuff. And when you do that, you're going to get it. This section, two or three people are going to get it, and they're going to change. You're not going to have to wear a Christian t-shirt. You're not going to have to put a big Jesus is the reason for the season sign out on your house. You're not going to have to because it's going to be all over your face. It's going to change you. And when this section changes, this section's going to go, man, what's going on over there? I mean, what, what's going on with these people? There's a difference. It, it's contagious. And when we walk out of here on Sunday, we're going to go into a paragon that desperately, desperately needs that kind of hope. If you need to stop living defensively, today is your day. You can say this to God, and it's one of the things I love about God, and maybe if you kicking the tires on God or you haven't been around church much or you've gotten the wrong impression about God, who God is, you need to know He knows how many hairs you have on your head or how, many, how few hairs some of you men have on your head. Um, he knows exactly everything in your life. He knows exactly what you're thinking. He knows what's in your heart, what's in your brain. He knows this defensive think, thinking that I've taught about today. He knows what's in your brain right now. So you can say to God, God, I want to I stop thinking defensively about my life. That's all you need to say to Him, and He gets it. Some of you just need to take inventory. You need to go, all right, it's time to look at my life differently. Make a plan. And then as Henri Nouwen and James say, start doing something. Start changing the way you live your life. This is a great opportunity for you today, spiritually, to make a change. I'm going to give you some real practical things. They're going to be on the website. Um, Allison is going to help me do this, but we're going to, I'm going to try to, every week, get PowerPoint slides up on the website instead of just the sermon. We're getting a lot of people wanting those um, so that you can start to see these things. And so if you're not taking notes, you can look back later. But spiritually, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you this week to add 10 minutes every day to your, to your spiritual life at the beginning of the day. That's one less snooze hit, okay? That's 10 minutes. If you need help with what you do during that 10 minutes, come find me. I'll give you those things. Add 10 minutes. I'm not asking you to stop smoking. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to add 10 minutes to your morning spiritually to pray to God. I'm going to ask you physically to just think. Many of us physically aren't thinking. We eat until we're full, and then we sit unless somebody makes us run or get up. I want you to think this week about where you go, about what you do, about two different things. God intends for you to be thinking about what you put in your body and what you do with your body. And as we start to recognize, I hope you come back next week and go, holy cow, you know how many donuts I had this week? Oh my gosh, you know how long I sat on the couch this week? It's not about losing weight. 
It's not about losing weight. It's not even about getting your heart back in shape. It's about doing life the way God intended for us to do it. Emotionally, I want you to be thinking this week and asking God to free you up. And that's part of what you can do during that prayer time in the morning. Say, God, I don't, I, I don't want to be handcuffed things in my life. Financially, you can begin to give up. I, here's what I'd like for you to do this week. I'd like for you to find one of those water bottles. I'd like for you to give some money to it. And Rick said it. You, you don't have to pull money out of your pocket. You just don't need 17 Mountain Dews in a day and three Starbucks. Let's pull those back and give them where they need to be. And relationally, what I want you to do this week is find one thing to do every day that you don't normally do for somebody else. Guys, if you haven't done the dishes for 13 years, start this week. Tell your wife on the way home, make a commitment to it today. I'm going to do the dishes this week. She's going to go, oh no, you're not. You know how many spots and dirt's going to be on those dishes? Honey, let him do it, okay? Find something for somebody else this week. If she always changes the diaper, your turn this week. Find it. And you won't believe what happens when you stop just thinking and you start doing. Change perspective on who you are. I'm excited about it for a lot of different reasons. And if you want to hear more about what's coming next year and you want want to hear more about where we're headed, come see me. I'll talk your ear off about it. But what I'd love for you to do is today, right here, right now, you can make a decision to stop living defensively. And when you say it to God, you just go, hey God, I, I want to pursue these things. I want Be ready, because you're going to have opportunities. Be ready to hit them head on. And here's the best part of the whole thing. God intends for you to live offensively, for you to live forward on your, on your toes, but He has let us do life together. So when you come across something, you're hitting head on, and you feel hard, you feel like you can't make it through, find somebody in this room. Give me, your, give me your cell phone number. I'll give you mine. I'll hook you up with somebody who's going through what you do. This is what God intends for us to do with our lives. I love you, and I, and I don't wanna, want you to wait for the tipping point. Do it today. I'm going to go right back there. I'd love to pray with you if you want to pray today, but you don't need me. You can just do it with God, just, just the two of you right where you are today. Would you stand with us and sing this morning?